Welcome to Amera Eurovision Cast, a podcast where a very American couple discusses the very European Eurovision Song Contest. Join us as we embrace the best, the worst, and the weirdest that the Eurovision Song Contest has to offer. We're the American couple. I'm Meg. And I'm Lucas. And this is, I guess, the first of our kind of off-season <laughs> um, episodes for the podcast. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I think that's about right. If you've been following along with Eurovision News at all, you know that not much is happening. Right. Yeah, really, not much is happening. <laughs> <laughs> we have no new news for you. <laughs> as far as uh, Eurovision 2017 goes uh yeah right it's it's too far away yeah a really couple to say. you know people have said that they're going to attend already that's pretty normal you know they right. did it like the day of the competition so yeah. nothing it exciting very much qualifies as not news uh, yeah definitely yeah. yeah so why are we having an episode well we felt a little guilty for not recording anything <laughs> 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 no, but just because uh, Euro the Eurovision Song Contest is over for this year and there's no news for the main contest doesn't mm -hmm. mean there's nothing happening in the world of Eurovision. This is true. This is true. So we actually have three things we're going to talk about. We do. Mm -hmm. yes. um, the first is Junior Eurovision, the Junior Eurovision Song Contest, which happens uh, around late November, early mm -hmm. December. I'm not sure what the exact date is this year. But I think they have things set up pretty well, so they're almost six months apart. Mm -hmm. um, Eurovision Song Contest, I guess the adult version. <laughs> Big Boy uh, Song Contest. <laughs> right. Big Boy Eurovision. <laughs> Eurovision Song Contest Senior <laughs> and Eurovision Song Contest Junior <laughs> are about six months apart. All right. So you may have noticed that there was a slight difference in our opening. Mm-hmm. As we're no longer coming together, we are in fact embracing. That is the theme, right, for the Junior Eurovision Song Contest coming up here in November yes. or December, whatever. Eurovision Junior, Junior Eurovision Song Contest, uh, right. it will be held uh, late November in uh, Malta, mm -hmm. in Malta this year, and the theme is Embrace. Yes. Uh, we have never watched a Junior Eurovision. No. Ever. It. I sort of knew that it happened, but we just sort of ignored it. Yep. Like, had, we had no reason <laughs> to watch it. Right. Uh, yeah. But we were uh, thinking about what to do and thinking about what to talk about. And, and somehow it came up. I think, like, probably YouTube thought I wanted to watch some. Because mm -hmm. you know when you watch so much of a certain <gasps> video, YouTube, like, recommends Wait. something? Was that not it? No, I don't think that was it. Oh, no, it's because... Right, because they talked yeah, to the right. person who won last year yeah. at the Eurovision Song Contest Yeah, this year. that's right. Destiny Chukunieri, right. Um, who won last year with a super fun song, yeah, Not My Soul. Cool. Yeah, Super fun. Um, they did. They did talk to her at Eurovision final. I yes. forgot about that, and uh, she seemed so fun. And we thought, yeah, we should totally watch it this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. So that's the first. Yes, yeah, let's, let's go ahead yeah. and talk about this now, sure. since we're already here. Yeah, yeah. we're already at least we're already deep, talking even about knee it. deep in it anyway. <laughs> uh, so there are a few differences between Junior Eurovision and Eurovision. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, one, mm -hmm. 
the big one, they're kids. <laughs> right, right. The performers, their ages are limited to being between 10 and 15. Mm -hmm. uh, if you go back when they first started, it's not a very old contest. It started in 2003. Uh, when it first started, it was from 8 to 15. Uh, right, But it is going to be... Uh, 10 to 15 this year as it has yeah. been for the past several years uh also originally the song had to be written by someone that was 10 mm -hmm. to 15 uh they have relaxed that rule so you can now have say an adult help helper yeah with writing the song yeah they can't write it adult it can't be adult written completely mm -hmm. but you can have adult help <laughs> Right. Exactly. Everything, guys, everything. I'm sorry. I'm going to apologize right now because everything about this contest is super cute to me. So it's like, just like, it's, and the kids need help to write their, to write that they need a grown up to help write their songs. Like, just everything about it's like, right. It's Eurovision Mini. It's so cute. We were watching uh, some well, yeah, we did watch old a few videos. Yeah. We watched a couple from last year and then we also watched. Um, like some of the really yeah, old Yeah, some stuff. of the really old. And yeah. it's just like, it's the kids' bop of Eurovision. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, w I, was, I was almost giggling through some of it because it's just so cute. It's so cute. <laughs> so sorry, guys. We're just kind of overwhelmed with the cute. I, presumably, you know, we'll get used to it after dealing with it a little bored. But mm -hmm. this is our first really exposure to Junior Eurovision. Mm -hmm. I was not expecting it to be. I don't know what I was expecting, but I right. was not expecting this adorable little, like, kid who looks seven bopping around singing in russian like i just wasn't i don't i wasn't prepared for that let's speak of that singing in russian thing because that yeah. is another difference right so we've mentioned in previous podcasts that um in eurovision senior they've kind of gone back and forth on this language rule as to can you sing in whatever language you want or does it have to be one of the mm -hmm. official languages of your country uh in junior junior eurovision they actually have a different rule yeah. than in senior eurovision that is, it has to be one of the official languages of your country. Which means that the countries that win are often different than what you get from oh, Senior yeah. Eurovision. You might notice that we mentioned that Malta is hosting this year. Right. Which means that Malta won. Right. Last, uh, Destiny for Malta won in 2015. Mm -hmm. Malta. Right. <laughs> Uh, I should note that in 2015, uh, Eurovision Junior, Junior Eurovision was held in Bulgaria. Right. Which means Bulgaria won in 2014. Right. Like, these are some weird, nothing against the countries, but you just don't see them win in right. Senior Eurovision. Exactly. Exactly. Um, also, I, I find it interesting that, um, you see some overlap, right, between people that are involved in the two contests. Right, so for example, last year's San Marino entry in Senior Eurovision um, was two very young people who had previously... 16. they would have been 16. Right, they were like, <laughs> yeah, I think they were 16 and 17, yeah. maybe, uh, Yeah, who had previously competed in Junior Eurovision, mm -hmm. and not too long before. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or, as you just noted, uh, in 2015, the Junior Eurovision Song Contest was hosted by Bulgaria, mm -hmm. and who was it that was the presenter? Polly Genova! I or Genova, sorry. G Genova is Polly Genova! It, yeah. yeah. That name sounds really familiar. Yeah, boy. Uh, well, she was in Eurovision in 2011. Oh, yeah, and she was in Eurovision this last year with uh, oh, Love Was a Crime. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I, I actually... I know I'm, you know that because we've I'm, been you watching. Tell, yeah. You can tell from my tone yeah. that I, I knew that. Uh, 
Yeah, so we get kind of mm-hmm. this overlap. Uh, we also have, you may remember, the very famous Russian twins who got yeah. booed just so badly that they implemented mm-hmm. anti-booing technology the following 2014, year. 2014. I believe that's um, right. Torchmire? Mm-hmm. Something Some, like that? Twins? I, I don't remember how uh, Two it. blonde Russian girls. Mm-hmm. They were on a seesaw and they had their braids twined together at first. And right. like the big reveal was that they weren't just connected. I don't know. It was not actually a great act. No, it wasn't. Um, but yeah, 2014, they were the Russian entrant. Not terribly long before, mm-hmm. they had won Junior Eurovision. Yes. The, the twins, same people, had won yep. Junior Eurovision for yep. Russia. Yep. Yeah, because you were watching, it was, you know, a YouTube clip where it said, oh, you hear clips from the past 10 years' winners. And we're like, we're like Russian twins. Russian. Like, this, there's this, no way. This <laughs> feels really familiar. And then we looked, and sure enough, it's the same people. They 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 had won Junior Eurovision not too long before they competed in um, the other Eurovision contest. Yeah, it's it's really this is like the I don't know what do they call it with baseball? What like the minor leagues? Yeah, this is the the farm. This is the, the farm, farm teams. Team. Yeah. yeah, Junior. Sorry, <laughs> obviously we have a podcast about Eurovision. We're not sports people, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you junior junior Eurovision is like the farm team mm-hmm. for grown up Eurovision. Yeah. <laughs> like this is this is how you get your chops, right. and then if you do really well, maybe you'll get to do it when you're a grown up too. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Although a lot of the overlap you see are people that are in junior Eurovision becoming backup singers. For, yeah, um, mm-hmm. I guess adult Eurovision. Yeah, there is adult adult Eurovision. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just sounds wrong. There's no real, like... There's I, no good way to say no, it. No, senior yeah. Eurovision, adult, real Eurovision, it's... <laughs> senior Eurovision makes it sound like they're all, like, the Russian grandmothers. <laughs> right. Adult Eurovision makes it seem like a completely different right. thing. Right, <laughs> like it's the kind of thing that should come on at two in the morning on HBO or something. <laughs> real Eurovision makes it seem like junior Eurovision isn't... Right. Like Good. You know, or fake yeah. or something, which is, that's not true. No. I don't know. Guys, uh, listeners, if you have a better, yeah, <laughs> what a better, can we call yeah, better way to distinguish big boy this. Eurovision? <laughs> Who knows? Let us know. Anyway. So, yeah. So, we're very excited to be uh, following junior Eurovision mm-hmm. uh, for the first time ever. Right. Uh, as we mentioned, it'll be in November. It'll be in Malta. Um, that's really all we know at this point. Right. Um, they haven't, they have a couple countries confirmed, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, but we will hopefully be updating you with more, um, news as it comes. Mm -hmm. I'm fairly certain that they do preview videos just like Mm -hmm. other Eurovision, first Eurovision. So, uh, (laughs) so hopefully we'll be able to go through those and have another little bracket and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, really it's just another way to enjoy the Eurovision fun. Yeah. (laughs) When you're in the, you know, in the dead of winter with no Eurovision. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah. So that's pretty fun. So there's another piece of Eurovision fun from an unusual quarter. Uh, as you know, this was the first year that they actually officially broadcast mm-hmm. Eurovision in the United States on Logo TV. Uh, I know, I know. Oh, but, you know, we've been watching clips from other countries, and it may just be that commentators are all terrible. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. We were watching some um, of the Georgian Eurovision, actually. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because, okay, and this is a dumb thing. This is a dumb thing. We in America can't get the final anymore. We can't watch the final anywhere. 
Right. Because it was broadcast on Logo TV. Right. We used to be able to just go to the Eurovision website and watch it whenever. Right. Or YouTube or whatever. That's all blocked now. That's right. all country blocked now. Thanks, Logo TV. Right. So if you want to go back and review Eurovision, right. you have to find it from another country. Yeah. So we ended up... Um, just because we were working on some stuff, which we'll tell you about later. Right. Uh, that's the third thing. That's the third thing. We had to go, yeah, we had to go to the Georgian national right. broadcast. And I don't speak Georgian. No, I have do I. no idea what they were saying. But yeah, it did kind of seem like they were saying like jokes that were bad, like the American jokes. Like right. just the patter. You were kind of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, does, that sounds kind of vaguely familiar. <laughs> Right. Or we also listened to some clips of um, Graham, Graham Norton. Norton. Yeah. Right. Where now he's generally funnier than the Logo TV people were. But, but is that just his accent? That's the thing. Yeah, Graham, the th- Graham Norton uh, commentates for right, England. For the UK. Yeah. yeah, UK took over from Terry Wogan. Um, Graham Norton has a TV show. He's an yeah. interview. He's very funny. Um, mm-hmm. Very funny guy. And yeah, and he does the, the commentary. And so we were listening to some clips from last year and... Yeah, I mean, they weren't hilarious. No. No, but they very much felt like they were in the spirit of what we got mm-hmm. from Logo TV. Just the Logo TV people don't have the same experience that Graham Norton does. Yeah, so Or maybe, the same accent. Well, so maybe they'll get you know, better. I mean... Maybe, but but they're getting better in a direction that I don't necessarily like. No, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I do wish we could just go back to... Just watching... The, yeah, no commentators. The, yeah. But whatever, we've talked about that enough. We've complained about that right, enough. You right. know our views on that. Anyway. So anyway, yes. But th- this put Eurovision into kind of the public arena mm-hmm. in the US to some small degree. <laughs> uh, so it was enough to get a reaction from Stephen Colbert. <gasps> yes, of The Late Show, I believe. Yeah, I think he's, he's on The Late Show now. now. Yeah. yeah. I think so. That's right. Yes. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah. So yes, but Stephen Colbert. Right. Big name. Yes. Very funny guy. Yes, he is. Uh, and it popped up that he was had a clip about Eurovision, and we thought, oh my goodness, we need to watch this. Right. We like Stephen Colbert. Yeah. He's funny. He's- we love Eurovision, obviously. <laughs> Put the two together. It'll be great. And it was. It was great. <laughs> it was great. Uh, I think we linked it up on our Facebook. Yeah, it's already uh, up on Facebook. Where yeah. we are, a Mary Eurovision cast. Obviously, you should come visit us, like our page, right. leave us a comment. And all that. And all that. Um, but yeah, we linked it up. And But if you just Google like Stephen Colbert Eurovision, it'll come up. Right. <laughs> he uh, he talks a little bit about what it is. Right. He shares what it is. He shows a couple clips. Yep. Let's see. What does he show? He shows um, a Croatia. Clip. Yeah, a clip from Croatia with that, that amazing Yeah, the dress costume. reveal. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty great. She, he shows a clip from Belarus. Yeah. Right, which, of course, we know, we know Belarus didn't make the final. Right. But but you definitely need to see Belarus. Oh, entry. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he does a clip from Russia. Right, a clip with from the wings. Russia. Sergey getting rings. Yeah. Well. Wings. yeah, that's right. That's right, so, to give people a taste of what Eurovision <laughs> and he actually, is. Oh, and he did... um. I forget what country it is, but where the she the camera pans out and she's dancing with a cosmonaut. Oh yes, yeah, the cosmonaut ex nihilo. Yes, that one. I don't I remember Moldova. I think. I think it is. Yeah, probably yeah. is Moldova. Yeah. 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 Where it's her singing, and then all of a sudden the cosmonaut comes. In. It's just like perfectly <laughs> shot. Yeah. So he actually picked a really good sample. Oh yes. <laughs> what Eurovision is Absolutely. like. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, 
So anyway, yeah. he said, well, now, oh, and then he naturally showed Jamala and right. talked about Jamala winning. Yeah. Uh, and he said, well, the only reason Jamala won was because America wasn't in the contest. <laughs> so he had the American entry, which was amazing. It was great. And the thing, I don't even, I can't even like, it was him in a wig, in a bad Swedish wig. Yep. In a fur coat and sunglasses, yep. walking on a treadmill with mm-hmm. background dancers. There was an astronaut, an yes. American astronaut, right. and some ribbon dancing. <laughs> and the song. I love living the living life. I love living the living life. <laughs> I love living the living life. fantasy. I love living the living life. It's actually not a bad Eurovision song. <laughs> like, but we'll get more into that. Well, we well we kind of you know you start watching okay. you kind of laugh a little bit because you're like oh hi he's making fun of Eurovision and then you start paying more attention and after you know having done the, the mm-hmm. podcast and paying a lot of attention to what's in you're like wow that's. Yeah. That's actually a real good representation of what Eurovision is like. He's got the English yep. that's not quite right. Yep. Yep. Like, take a breath as fast as you... Or, no, t- um, like, like just two things that don't make sense. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't even... I can't even remember yeah. a lyric to, like, t- but it's, yeah, it's it just, just not quite... Mm-hmm. The English twin- translation's not quite right. Right. But it's not so obvious as to be, like, an obvious parody, but you could yeah. hear these lyrics in Eurovision. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's actually, it's actually not bad for Eurovision. So we definitely wanted to make sure that you guys checked it out. Um, yeah, it was pretty funny. It was pretty great. Okay. <laughs> well, so you know, we we think it was a good, um, a good mm-hmm. Eurovision song. Yeah, you know, it, it sounded good. We enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But how would it have done against the real competition? Well, that's a good question, and it's the kind of question that. I think we should answer more scientifically. Right, so here, okay. Uh, now, those of you that watch the final will, of course, be aware of Love, Love, Peace, Peace. Right, we're kind of... <laughs> yeah, right. the, the winner of your right, right, this year. Right. The okay. other winner. Jamala might have won technically, but it, right. it was Love, that, Love, Peace, Peace. That's only because Love, Love, Peace, Peace wasn't allowed to receive votes. Uh, but yeah. Love, Love, Peace, Peace, right? So the idea behind this song... It was that they asked scientists to break down what are the elements that it takes to have a winning Eurovision entry. Right. Well, I just can't help myself. Right. So, so as, as of course, you know, and as we may have mentioned at some point, uh, I am an economist by trade. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we like to do is statistical analyses of things. Yay. And sometimes, right, when you do statistical analysis, what you have to do is take a result and break it down into what are the various components that led to that result. Being exactly what they claimed they did, right, in order to inspire love, love, peace, peace. So, I thought it'd be kind of fun, right, to go ahead and use the same kind of techniques we use in economics to pick out, like, these elements that they identified in love, love, peace, peace, and see whether they do actually have positive effects, right, that kind of thing. So You are going to have to take it away, because right now, uh, listeners, we are staring at a spreadsheet. Oh, it's great. Nine, nine sheets open. Uh, Something like that, yeah. Yeah, nine tabs on the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. There are numbers and words and math, and I don't, 
I don't understand any of it. Okay. So I mean, I I do because you made me talk about it last night. <laughs> but <Right. laughs> <laughs> other than my forced participation, I don't really understand it. So right. you can just go right ahead. Okay. Well, so here's what I did. Uh, so I, I took some of the things they talked about in Love, Love, Peace, Peace, and like made categories for them. I also took other things that we kind of talk about and have talked about on the show or, you know, you'd hear about elsewhere. Um, so, uh, for example, sometimes you talk about, say, the order in which you are presented in the final. Does that make any difference for your points? Is it better to go earlier or later? That kind of thing. Right? So, I listed all of the countries that were in, the number of points they received. I ranked them by order, right? First, second, third, and so on. I also picked out a number of other traits, things like, do we have a male soloist? Do we have a female soloist? Or are we a band or a duet? Now, I wanted to sort out bands and duets, but it do- the techniques I'm using don't work if you have only one of a category. <laughs> yeah. There was only one duet this year. Joe and Jake. Right. Right. So that wasn't going to work. So yeah. it's either male soloist, female soloist, or other. Gr- group of the right, sort. Yeah. Something that's not a soloist. Uh, we talked about how the big five often don't do very well. So I said, okay, whether you're in the big five or not, there we go. Uh how about Scandinavian countries? We talked about generally do well. Uh, this year was apparently an exception for that because there was only one Scandinavian country in the final. And that was the host country of Sweden that was guaranteed to be in the final. <laughs> uh, the other three Scandinavian countries, Denmark, Finland, and Norway, did not make it to the final. So Iceland? It- are they, are they really are they considered Scandinavian? Scandinavian? Well, they didn't make it to the final either. Yeah, well, yeah. Right, so either way, I couldn't use it. Only one country. You can't use that. Um, but other things that I could try to use, uh, love. So I just looked through all the lyrics of the songs. Which ones include love? Okay. Uh, we also mentioned English, mm-hmm. right, being a thing. Well, it turns out that every country except one had their song at least partially in English this year. Uh, so that wasn't going to work for any comparison. Okay. So um, love was something where we have a number of countries that use love, but not enough for it to be invalid. So we counted that one. Um, having instruments. So in Love, Love, Peace, Peace, they talk about drums or some kind of traditional mm-hmm. instrument being something. Violinist. Having a violin yeah. be- being another thing. I just grouped these all together and said, do you have instruments or not? Uh, are there instruments on stage in particular? And we also talk about the island effect, how being an island hurts you. Uh, so I just tagged it as whether you're an island or not. Now here I defined island kind of strangely. Uh, some countries are obviously islands. I think of the UK, Malta, mm-hmm. Cyprus. Uh, but I also defined technically Israel as an island. Uh, also Australia, I guess it's a continent, but... It's basically an, it's an island. island yeah. um, the reason I made Israel an island was because they don't have any neighbors that vote in Eurovision. Which makes sense. Right. It, effectively, they're a Eurovision island. Right. Right. Exactly. So I considered them an island just like Malta or Cyprus. Okay. Uh, we also talk about the importance of wearing white. Mm-hmm. How wearing white helps you win. So we went through and we watched all the entries Thank you to the Georgian yeah, thanks, Georgia. Um, <laughs> Eurovision Song Contest channel on YouTube. Um, so we could see whether you were wearing white or not. Uh, here, that one was kind of hard mm-hmm. to determine. Sometimes it was obvious that there were a lot of people wearing just pure right. white. Um, there were other times that it was really kind of 
unclear. Yeah, this is probably the most we've ever talked about clothes. Right. <laughs> in our relationship. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of debates over it. Now, does that count as wearing white or just like... um. For example, if they have a white shirt but then a black jacket and black jeans, right. is that enough to make it count as white? Right. Our decision there was no. Yeah, but... If you reverse that... Yes, Donnie... Right, Donnie Montel... Had a white jacket right. and white sneakers, right. black shirt, black jeans. Right. We counted that as wearing white right. because white was a majority of the of the right. outfit. Or it... It, right. it stood out It more. stood out, yeah. Right. Um, Polly Genova, we mm-hmm. did not count. Right. The LEDs were white, but that... It right. did not count. <laughs> right, but that was not right. really the primary form of her costume. Right. It was not like she was wearing white right. in the sense that we thought of. Um, so anyway, uh, so I went through and figured out which of these did which, and then I used a technique we call multiple regression or multivariate regression. And what that allows you to do is to kind of put all of these together at once and sort out how much effect you're getting from from each one. Because one of the problems you run into if, say, you just say, here are all the countries that have love, here are all the countries that don't have love, which ones do better, is that sometimes there's something else going on that's explaining why a country's doing well or poorly. It's not just love that's making the difference. Right? But if we do multivariate regression, we can use all of these things at once and really sort out where does the difference come from. Right? So uh, I took all of our elements, threw them all in. Oh, there was one other one that I didn't mention. Peace. Oh, that's right. right. Yep. Right. Love, love, peace, peace, right. It turns out there is only one country this year that had peace in its lyrics at all. Huh, what country was that? Uh, interestingly, this country also had love in its lyrics. Oh, so one country did have both love and peace in yes, it? Yes, it did. Hmm, who was that? It was 1944, Jamala from Ukraine. <laughs> the winner! Yes, <laughs> but because it was only one country, I couldn't use peace. <laughs> right. Oh, well. Okay. So anyway, I threw everything together, and in the initial analysis... Uh, we found out that you could explain something like 41% of the difference in the various scores on the basis of the elements that we were considering. That seems like a lot. Is that a lot? Uh, it's not bad. Like, as an economist, a lot of the time you have a hard time explaining things, so 41%, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's not It's not half. It's, it's less than half. But it's pretty good, right? There's a lot that we can't explain. And now remember, we're not actually taking into account things like musical style right at all we're not taking into account did you trip across the stage <laughs> right, right? Yeah. how good or bad was your performance did you sing on key right none of these are accounted for just the elements of right what where did you fall in the order are you a male soloist a female soloist or something else are you part of the big five or not are you an island or not right? do you have love somewhere in your <laughs> lyrics do you have instruments on stage and are you wearing white right those elements alone explain 41% of the difference in points, which is kind of exciting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but in the initial analysis, it turns out that while all those things combined explain a lot fairly well, no one element seems to make a whole lot of difference with one exception, and that is love. <laughs> Having love, <laughs> love makes the difference, it turns out. <laughs> Having love in your lyrics does actually clearly statistically make a difference it adds a large number of points uh, that's like, hilarious yeah yeah <laughs> yeah the, it does actually help you to the tune of about 120 points <laughs> to have love in your lyrics hear that performers for eurovision next year yeah. we expect to see 42 songs all about love <laughs> right 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 so now one thing you can do though to try to kind of 
get this to work a little bit better is start cutting out the things that really obviously don't make much difference individually. Um, so the first thing that obviously didn't make a whole lot of difference was wearing white. Which surprised me. Yeah. Because you read about that being a mm-hmm. big thing. Like, you want to wear white. That's a big thing. That's how right. you, you know, that's right. how you succeed. Right. Winners often wear white. When, well, that, that may be true, but it ends up lots of countries that aren't winners also wear white. <laughs> so it doesn't really tell us very much. Um, the estimate that I have says that wearing white adds about four points, but there's a huge range around that. Um, you know, to get kind of a, a 95%, what we call confidence interval, uh, for how many points you're adding, you'd have to have a range from losing 145 points from for wearing white to gaining 154 points from wearing white. So it's really not clear that it makes any positive difference at all. Uh, such a huge range probably actually doesn't matter. Right, so I eliminated that one. Uh, another one that seemed to fairly clearly not make a difference uh, was being a female soloist. Hmm. Versus now here, kind of we considered the baseline to be not a soloist. So groups, duets, right, were kind of the baseline. Uh, if instead of that you're a female soloist, uh, based on the estimate that I ran there, it was it lost you 21 points, something like that. But again, it was a huge range mm-hmm. uh, to get that confidence interval. So it looked like that actually didn't make any difference. That voting basically treats a female soloist as if you have a band on stage. Right, so I eliminated that one. Uh, the next thing that appeared to not make much difference was whether or not you're an island. I was really surprised by this. Yeah. This is the thing you uh-huh. hear about all the time with voting. Well, oh, they, they, it's because we say it. Well, well no, but even, even like other than us, other right. people say it. Like, you know, neighbors. They even mentioned it. They mm-hmm. mentioned it in the uh, What is Your Vision song. Right. Um, Mons and Pietra mentioned it. Right. Like, you know, you vote. Getting votes from your neighbors. Yeah, getting votes from your neighbors. Yeah. Like, that, it, it, is, it is a thing about Eurovision that mm-hmm. if you are into Eurovision that's something you hear a lot that right. Right. you know islands don't have much of a chance yeah apparently that's not true yeah it turns out yeah that, that's not actually true uh, there are a couple weird things about this the first was that um, statistically it looks like being an island doesn't make any difference because so we have a huge range of the possible effect from that uh, secondly on average the effect appears to be positive rather than negative that is being an that is um, taking these other factors into account, islands actually did about 19 points better than non-islands, hmm. which I was shocked by because it's not like any of the islands did exceptionally well yeah. either. But I maybe Hovi Star was enough, right, to add <laughs> yeah. quite a few points to that or something and throw off that estimate. So I took that one out. Uh, that did leave us with a few things that do seem to make some kind of difference. That is the order does make a difference. It turns out that later is better, uh, but doesn't make an enormous difference. It's about uh, each um, place that you move toward the end adds about four, four and a half points, uh, something in that neighborhood, right? So you do want to perform at the end rather than at the beginning this year. Uh, Second thing that makes a difference is having a male soloist, which I find fascinating, given that it was not a male soloist that won. But almost won. Yeah, almost. Almost. (laughs) Right. But when you look at the top three, two of them were female soloists. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But male soloists, uh, on average, ended up with 82 more points than if you were a female soloist or a band. 
which I thought, like, that feels like it should be an enormous advantage. Yeah. Uh, that Russia really should have been able to win with 82 points just from having a male soloist. Uh, but apparently not. Uh, another thing that did make a pretty big difference was being in the Big Five. Uh, we say that being in the Big Five hurts you. And being in the Big Five really, really <laughs> hurts you, it turns out. Uh, it basically costs you 102 points. If you come from the big five. See, so England, it's not that you guys can't send good acts. Right. You already are working at a disadvantage. That's right. So the UK just has to send someone that can overcome the automatic 100 point disadvantage of being one of the big five. That's the trick. That's your goal. That's That's right. That's your goal, guys. That's right. And you know, like France was supposed to do really well this year. Turns out they couldn't overcome that 102 point disadvantage. I mean, they had a male soloist. Right, and that that moved and them. that helped, and and they Quite did better yeah. than usual. Right, but they still had that, yeah. you know, that big five disadvantage. Exactly, exactly. Now, once we narrowed things down a bit, uh, love still matters. Right? It is still, again, the most important thing. The thing <laughs> we're most sure does, in fact, make a difference, uh, and it's to the tune of 120 points. It gives you 120 point advantage <laughs> to have love in your lyrics. <laughs> I feel like that makes a it's lot just of incredible. It makes I love a lot it. of sense for Eurovision, though. Yeah, you know, when you think about Eurovision, of course, love is the difference. Of course, of course, love is the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. It's Eurovision. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Just thematically, and like the story of Eurovision, that makes perfect sense to me. Right. Now, when you start putting these things together, what you find out is that if you're from the Big Five. Uh, you really need to have your song be about love. That's that's going to wipe out your disadvantage. And now you're still at a disadvantage compared to those countries that aren't in the big five and are writing about love. Well, if you have... You're going to face. If you have a male soloist singing about love, that right. will help. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, come to think of it, we haven't seen right. that from England for a while. When I think no. of the last couple... Let me think. ...entrants... We've had female mm-hmm. female soloists. Yeah, what Engelbert groups. Humperdinck was probably, and I'm sorry, he's not going to win Eurovision, even if he's a male soloist <laughs> singing about love. He's still Engelbert Humperdinck. He's not going to win Eurovision. But other than that, groups, yeah, female soloists, right. the duet this year. So right, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> and the last element that does make a difference is having instruments on stage. And I was surprised by this because it actually hurts you. Hurts you almost as much as being part of the Big Five. That was Joe and Jake's problem. Yeah, they're from the Big Five, plus they brought instruments on stage. Instruments on stage cost you about 95, 96 points. Oh. Yeah. So they came in at a 197-point disadvantage. That's a lot to overcome. Right. That's hard. Right. I know. If they had gotten rid of one of them (laughs) and had it just be Joe or Jake... That would have gotten them 82 of those points back. But that's not enough to overcome having those instruments on it's stage. It's not. It's not. And weirdly, if I recall correctly, actually, let me check my data here. Uh, did they sing about love? No, they did not. They did not. Right now, their lyrics kind of thematically feel like they're about love. But the word love. The word yeah, love was missing. Has to be in there. Right. Yeah. And the word love does appear to make a yeah. big difference. <laughs> yeah. So... So that's kind of what I ended up with. Uh, once I narrowed it down, we can explain 41% right, of the differences in points based on just five elements, right? Order, whether you have a male soloist or not, are you part of the big five? Do you sing about love? Do you have instruments on stage? So my advice then, right, you can't really control order, 
But right. if you're a leader, feel good about it. Um, send a male soloist. It's going to help. Uh, don't be part of the big five. <laughs> if you're in the big five now, drop out. Save yourself the money. You're, you're more likely to win if you're not part of the big five. Uh, make sure love is there in your lyrics. The word love. The word love should be in your lyrics. And keep the instruments off stage. I will be really interested to see next year mm -hmm. to use the same criteria and see how it follows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because we're not taking into account, like you said, that like talent, right. <laughs> you know, or the style or anything right. like that. So it'll be interesting to see if that ends up changing between the two uh -huh. years or if love actually continues to make the difference. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, and that, that is something that's worth remembering is that this, this, I just kind of threw together based on just one year's yeah. worth of data. Uh, so like part of the reason we might be seeing a lot of these individually don't have a whole lot of significance is that I just don't have enough data to prove that they have significance. Uh, so that, that could be an issue for like, say white, why white mm -hmm. looks so insignificant, something like that. Uh, but yeah, it will be interesting to see yeah. like how much of this is particular to this year mm -hmm. and that we just happen to have some really talented guys this year, that kind of thing. Um, or is this actually a regular thing? I don't know. We'll Tune in out. next year to find out. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, I, I will probably do the same analysis next year because now that I have it set up, it's easy. Yeah, and um, it's fun. Right. Now, one thing uh, before we leave this idea... We talked about the American entry. That's right. Uh, now, I given, love living the yeah, living the living life. Yeah, yeah, I love living the living life. Yeah. So, <laughs> if we look at their performance, right? How many points would they end up with? Well, um, now everybody starts with kind of a baseline of seventy-six points or so. That's kind of the average we start with. So, seventy-six points is just for showing up. Okay. okay. Um, it was a male soloist. It was. Right? Having the backup singers, I didn't count as being different. So, yeah. So just male soloist. So that adds another 82 points. Mm -hmm. So we're up to 158 points there. Mm -hmm. uh, America, of course, is not part of the mm -hmm. big five. We're not even European. Uh, and it was obviously including love. Yes, you you yeah. love living the living life. That's another 120 points. So we're up to 278 points. Also, they went last. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I mean, really. That's technically true. So that adds <laughs> roughly 100 points, right? Since they would be in, I guess, technically, what, 27th? Yeah. Let's just make it 100 points. So we're talking 378 yeah. points now. Now, how does that stack up to... Right. Now, remember, oh. they also left instruments out. Oh, that's no, right. No instruments on stage. They had no instruments. That's They're right. There, so no penalty. So 378 points. Okay. And how does okay. that stack up to the other... Like, um, Jamala. How does that stack up to Jamala? Well, Jamala won with 534 points. Oh. So we would, we we would, would not have actually have won. So sorry, Stephen Colbert, but you're going to have to... Actually, you did everything exactly everything as well could, as you could yes. have. Yeah. So... Just keep it up for next year. Yeah, so you're going to have to convince the Ukrainians to start putting, I don't know, more instruments on stage <laughs> and to join the big five. Uh so, so couldn't be couldn't beat Ukraine, right? So we're not going to beat Ukraine. We're not going to beat Australia, which had five hundred eleven, or Russia, which had four hundred ninety one. Um, however, we would come in a fairly solid fourth, because ah. I believe right after, uh, yeah, there's a big gap between mm -hmm. Russia and Bulgaria, which came in fourth in the actual contest with three hundred and seven points. So we would have beaten Bulgaria. 
That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so coming in fourth. That sounds good to me. Yeah. 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 That's respectable. Yeah. yeah. We don't have to win it, but. You no. Know. No. I think it would probably be best if America didn't yeah, win. Yeah. Yeah. Eurovision Song Contest. I actually hope that America never enters the Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah. We would ruin it. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like we there's a sensibility that we'd be missing. Yeah. See, I feel like we just wouldn't do very well in it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, prop. well, I don't know. Right. The, the numbers say otherwise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough, yeah. We just have to send Stephen Colbert every year. <laughs> that, see, that, that's it. That's it. Yeah. See, I think that that might be, I think we've talked about this before. I don't know that we've talked about it on the show or not. Uh, it does feel like there's this cultural difference mm-hmm. between uh, America and Europe when it comes to entertainment. Mm-hmm. Right, where a lot of American entertainment, even what isn't particularly high class, uh, there seems to be this, I don't know, desire for dignity or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right, so uh, I, I think of things like the differences in the Big Brother between the U.S. and the U.K. Yeah. Right, right, where like the U.S. had to turn it into basically just a game show. Mm-hmm. Right, where the U.K., it's, it's really mostly about People doing dumb things. There's a lot of laying around. Yes. In the UK version. Yes. Yeah. And well, one thing that I also noticed is that um, the original um, season of the US Big Brother did what the UK mm-hmm. and actually what every other country does. That is where the viewers vote to determine who has to leave. That's not what the US does. Anybody outside the US, if you watch Big Brother... That's not what we do here. Uh, instead, it's very much the survivor model of the people inside the house voting on who has mm-hmm. to leave. Uh, the problem was that Americans as a culture don't like the people that stir up trouble, uh, even on television, right? Which made for an exceptionally boring first <laughs> season of Big Brother after the first couple people got voted out. Because <laughs> all the troublemakers are gone. There's no conflict anymore. Right? Whereas whenever you watch the UK Big Brother, unless it's somebody that's really super disruptive to the house, and even then yeah, sometimes they well, get a pass. Yeah, and usually um, it's like a mean, like very mean. Right. Not, not, not just like disruptive, but like right. harmful or, or right. very... Very mean or something like that. Right. They tend to go. Right. But apart from that, yeah. they tend to vote out the boring people. Yeah, yeah. Which Americans are p- perfectly happy keeping the boring person in the house, it seems. <laughs> You'd think it'd be opposite. Right. Like, stereotypically, it feels right. like that would be the opposite. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I don't know. I don't yeah. know. But Or you know what? I think about Monty Python. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the jokes in Monty Python. Yeah. I I don't see Americans making jokes like that. Right. Even though they're really funny. Right. I think they're really funny. Obviously, yeah. I mean, we we have a European sensibility in some things. Right. Obviously. That's true. But, uh, but, but yeah. We, we still don't like Latvia's songs. No. We're always mystified no. by that. Okay. <laughs> what did you just determine about use from this year? We were watching to see if he was wearing white. And <laughs> he was bouncing around the stage. And what did you say? <laughs> Well, now, that was not original to me. We had been watching another um, oh, YouTube that's right, video, another video that suggested that Yus looked like he was about ready to explode. <laughs> and and, then and, you and watch I watched him like, yeah, yeah he, he actually true. does look like he's about ready to explode. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I just don't like it. Latvia, but, come on. But hey, Europe does like it. I so know. Latvia is doing the right thing for I the know. audience that they're actually trying to satisfy. 
Just not. It's not us. us. Anyway. Oh, well. This is why America should enter the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> so we can have a voice. Well, we do have a voice. True. We have a voice. So we can have a vote. <laughs> so we have a voice right here on a Mary Eurovision cast. That's true. Which is a member of the Retrograde Orbit radio family. I feel like you're trying to wrap it up. Is that okay? That's fine. Okay. <laughs> I just felt like that was a good segue. All right. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. You can reach us on Twitter at Meg and Lucas or on Facebook, where we are, Amera Eurovision Cast. Thanks for listening. I'm Meg. And I'm Lucas. And in the words of Destiny Chocanere, you now take a minute. Can you hear it? It's the sound of your dreams. You know glitter and bling. It don't mean a thing. I'm the queen of my soul. Fantasy. I love living the living life. A beautiful starlight can make our dreams come real.